Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! He's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable, what an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20 down. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. Yeah, right. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you, January 2nd, 2024. This is Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. New week, new year, new you, maybe. Hope you're having a great start to your year, to your day, to your week. If you're getting back into the work thing, today absolutely stinks. We feel for you. We're with you. Hopefully, we can make two hours go by just a little bit quicker for you on this chilly Tuesday morning. Nick Roush, how are you? Uh, de- depressed, um, upset, tired. This sucks. I hate. I hate it here. Can we? Can we go back? Can we go back to Christmas? Can we? It was nice. I, I wish that was fun. It just. Go do a little two-week time traveling. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Always exciting that week before Christmas. And then the exact opposite, the week after uh, New Year's, which is exactly where we are. It, some people are off work today, which is nice. The Lucy's out of school. You can't – their school's closed. They open back up tomorrow. Uh, but for the people that are off today, congrats. The people that aren't, the only silver lining, short week, short week. Interest you in a short week? Uh, I think I think that's pretty much all we got. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just tough, tough getting back on the swing of things. Uh, yeah, it, it it stinks. It's a real bummer. And the, you know the whole like oh what day is it? It really got amplified by the the holidays falling like straddling the Sunday Monday thing too. That that made it even more difficult to kind of uh, jump around and figure out and all that sort of stuff. Just. Uh, Man, we'd love to go back to sleep, go back to relaxing. But you know what? The beat, the beat marches on. At least we got some decent football games to watch yesterday. Uh, Scoots, did you did you stay up and watch all the football games last night? Well, what do you think? What would be your guess? My guess is uh, no. You did not. I did not. Correct. How how late did you make it to the last? Uh, night? when it, I went to bed, when it was fourteen to fourteen, which I guess that was the halftime score, right? So yeah, halftime. Mm-hmm. No, wasn't no. halftime score. Oh, Twenty-one okay. all. So oh, okay. you didn't make it to halftime. No, did not make it to halftime. Roush, you've got something maybe not plugged in all the way, or something that's just a little staticky. I don't know if Scoots hears it or. Yeah, not, I hear but... it. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll try to fix it because my headphones have been weird today. Too, yeah. Something. So. Something with your mic. It's popping. Kind of. Kind of sounds like when your phone is like too close to like an audio thing and it makes that noise, but it's not that noise. It's like something's just not totally plugged in all the way. Sort of noise. No big deal though. We'll figure it out. It's a new year. We're working out the kinks with everything. <laughs> but uh, Scooch, you 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 probably still made it further than I did. Um, I I did not stay up for much of that game besides just kind of getting the scenes and the sights there in the first quarter, which was a pretty solid first quarter, I guess, all things considered. But um, great college football games yesterday. I hated that the one last night at midnight, there was, I think, 12 minutes left to play in the game. That's just dumb. Like, dumb to have one of the most important college football games of the year, of the season. And then there's 12 minutes left with at midnight. Uh, you just you, you shouldn't have that happen. A uh, game being played in New Orleans, no less. But uh, regardless, great games. The two of them, you can make a case which one was more exciting. Both of them coming down to the final play. One overtime, one not overtime. Uh, but Roush, we were we were treated to a good college football playoff. Only the second time ever an SEC team won't be playing for a championship since the college football playoff era, if you will. Yeah, and yeah, I, 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 I thought Texas, Texas, Texas might give us, might give us a, a way worse, way worse. We went the other. We went. We went the other <laughs> way with it. <laughs> sometimes you got to figure that stuff out. Like it's like you try the dial on one end. It's like ah, way too loud. You got to try it maybe on the other end. But um, and, and worse comes to worse, you could just try the unplug everything and just re- reset it back up because something's definitely a little wonky at the Roush House. Yeah. Um, is that any better? I'll, oh yeah. I'll just- yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll switch up. Uh, I guess the old cord on the good mics being weird. So I'll I'll figure it out during the break. I did see a fun stat that um, sports betters are now fifteen and two, um, if betting against Texas when Ted Cruz shows up in person. So uh, money on hundred dollar money on better would be up twenty three hundred bucks right now if you just faded Ted Cruz every time he shows up to a game. Uh, Suck it, Texas. Did not need them showing up to the SEC fresh off a national championship. So not not too mad about that. Um, I made it at least to the fourth quarter in Washington. I think it was the fourth quarter at least. Washington had a nice uh, had a nice lead. I, did, I didn't realize Texas uh, made, made it close enough to, to, to make them sweat it out there at the end. Yeah, they, they, they did. Um, Washington was no doubt in control, but – Texas kind of trying to play the the clock game. They kicked a field goal, uh, was able to get the ball back and then get down to uh, – there was some controversy. There was They were on like the 12 or 15-yard line. They run a play with about five seconds left. They need a touchdown. They're down six. And they get – Ewers get sacked. He kind of just throws the ball out of bounds. The clock runs and says 0-0-0-0. The game's over. But like in real time, you're like, oh, that that maybe they ran an extra second off. There probably should still be a second there. They go and they review the clock. It's kind of unclear if the game's over or not over. Uh, they're gonna let Texas do one more play, and didn't matter. But just like you're you're so excited for this final play, ends with a whiff. And you're like, wait a second, not over yet. They're gonna let them have one more play. Which if you've seen any Hollywood drama, it's like, okay, they're going to score on this one. Everybody thought the game was over, but they're going to put one second back on the clock, and this is going to be where the drama's at. Uh, it didn't end up happening for Texas. Washington holds on. I was surprised by the outcomes of both games, but more so with Washington, I think. I, I, 
I thought Texas was was going to kind of wipe the floor with Washington. Uh, the Alabama stuff, I, you know, Roush, I thought Alabama was going to win. I did think it was going to be a close game, but everybody and their mother was on Alabama. I was like, man, I, it makes me kind of wish I was betting Vegas a little bit. To answer some people's questions, I did not cash out my bet. Uh when Texas or when Alabama was up 20 to 13 and with the ball, I could have cashed out for like a 400, $450 profit. So it had jumped up an additional like $200. Uh, Talked to the wife. I was like, I maybe should cash this out. She was like, they're up. They have the ball. I'm not blaming it on her. She was like, they have, they're up and they have the ball. If you haven't already, if you didn't already cash out, I wouldn't do it now. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I hear you on that. I was like, unless they lose, then I'm going to feel really stupid. Well, they lost, uh, and I do. I mean, it's gambling, so I do, <laughs> I do kind of feel stupid. Although, that being said, if they would have won and Washington was waiting for them in the championship, I would not have touched that bad boy with a 10-foot pole. Um, and maybe that's naive of me because Washington is a good football team. They belong in the spot that they're in. Uh, and, and again, they, they they took Texas's best shot, looked like the better team throughout. Now they'll get Michigan again. And Roush, I certainly didn't see Michigan manhandling the trenches the way they did against Alabama uh, on both sides. They were able to get pretty much yeah. whatever they wanted on the ground running. And Corum, I mean, I know people know this, obviously, but what a fantastic running back he is. He's incredible. Like just the way he sees a hole and like it's almost it reminds me of like Rajon Rondo. Where Rondo would be like, it's not what I'm looking at, what the defender's gonna do, it's what the other defender's gonna do. Like Corum, I think, has that where it's like, all right, I know I'm crossing this guy over. What am I gonna do when I get to that safety? And he always seems like he's a step ahead of the defender. He was really fun to watch, but did not see that coming. Michigan just totally dominating Alabama in the trenches, both sides of the ball. Yeah, and it, I know a lot of folks will talk about the last fourth down, the one in overtime, but the the, the game was won with Harbaugh's decision to go forward on. I, I want to say it was fourth and four there with three minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Could have punted it. Was that their own 29-yard uh, line? Uh, I mean, it was it was pretty gutsy. They still had three timeouts, so if they punt it, there's plenty of time to get a stop and get the ball back. But he says, no, we're going for it. They scheme a guy wide open and I think scored the game-tying touchdown. You know, only three or four plays later. So the 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 part that um, it was we we knew off Alabama's offensive line wasn't very good. Did not anticipate them getting absolutely smoked in the way that they did, especially in that first half. I mean, I think Noro got sacked four times in the first three series. It was just they were getting absolutely blown up. The center couldn't snap the ball, and then. I mean, the, the, the snapping issues, that goes to the last play. You know, I, I you've seen multiple people diagnose it and say, look look what they have here. But the bad snap, Miller kind of panicked and just took off. He had a swing pass to the running back that was in motion with two guys blocking. And even if he's a patient runner, he might have a better chance at running the three yards or so for the first down. But McClellan was there, just a bad snap. He just said, screw it. I picked it up and ran. Uh Alabama offensive line, not not great, Bob. Not great. No, it was a disaster. Yeah, they've broken down that final play in overtime. For and when Alabama gets it down to what, like the six, and they have first and goal from the yeah. six. I mean, the fact that they can't get that ball in. Not my Alabama. They're always able to find a way to punch that one in. Uh, in all seriousness, that was wild. I did not see that coming. And then on that play, let's say that it's a good snap. Which, by the way. 
totally embarrassing for that human being to be an Alabama center and not be able to snap the football. Right. Snapping the football, easy, not hard to do. Even, uh, you know, we started the season with a snapping conversation, Roush. We're finishing the season with a snapping conversation. Uh, Easy, easy to do. Let me ask you this. Do you think that if the snap's fine, Michigan was coming, they were going to get, you know, they were, he didn't, it's not like he had a bunch of time to let that play set up one way or another. But if he gets that swing pass out there, you got the two wide receivers blocking the two Michigan cornerbacks. And I guess, I don't know if it was like the Jack or the safety or whoever, who was going to come over and have to guard the running back. But, you, you know, you saw the breakdown. You'd mentioned it already. Mm-hmm. Does Alabama get in if they get the ball out on the to the running back? Because it basically at that point be like two blockers on two defenders, one runner with the ball, and then one defensive player who has to make up a hell of a lot of ground, but he's going to be untouched to get to him. That's like an Oklahoma drill to a certain extent, Roush. Like that's the stuff that you practice in like fourth grade football where everybody just lines up on the sides and you get like three on three and see who can who can do the most. Do you think they would have scored there? Uh, probably, probably, and I wanted I wanted it so bad because I really wanted us to get to a two point shootout to expose how stupid that rule is. Because that there's going to be a game that that is going to happen, and then we're going to change back to the old overtime rule. I just don't. I, I was really hoping that th- this would have been the game to do it because now it's. It's getting extended even further, and so I don't, I don't know. Duh. What's it going to be? Uh, Scoots, yeah. do, you, do you think he gets in on that play? You, you saw the breakdown too. No, I don't. I do not. No, even with I, a good snap, agree, it all just happens. It all just happened so quick that yeah, I don't. The, the way that pressure was coming at him, I don't. I don't know that he would have even had time to get the pass out. So, well, in the hypothetical, we said the pass got out, the wide receiver caught the ball, or the running back caught the ball. If if he was able to get the pass off and the running back catches it, yes, I think he gets in. But I, I don't know that he's able to make that pass regardless of a good snap or not. I think that he's not getting – I don't think he's scoring assuming that everything's clean and he gets the ball out there. You're, you're banking on both those wide receivers holding their blocks, which is not a safe assumption. And then even still, it's one-on-one Michigan DB – I don't know. He he would have had to outrun him by about like eight yards. Uh, it would have been exciting, though. I wish we would have gotten that play. Just that would have been so electric if it would have worked out the way that I think it was meant to work out. But even still, I do think it was an RP. Like, I do think running was an option. Obviously, he did run it. I think he panicked once the snap was low. But Roush, on that play, and it was probably a smart move from Alabama's part, given how much Michigan was dominating the offensive line, but it was basically like, Hey, these guys on the edge, they're going to get, they're going to go free, but we're going to, we're going to have such a pocket up the middle here that like, it's not going to matter if these guys are going untouched around the sides, but it, it didn't matter. Like it didn't matter. They swarmed on the inside so quickly. He had nowhere to go again. I think he panicked a little bit because the snap was low. I don't understand how the snap is low in that position, but a wild final play. I wonder how Alabama fans feel. You know, there's a little bit of like, things have been so good, this is okay. But on the flip side, now how long has it been since an Alabama championship, Roush? This, um, the 2021 recruiting class, if they don't win a title next year, it will be the first recruiting (gasps) class to not win a national championship game under Nick Saban. Oh, no. Yeah. Poor guys. Which Which would be pretty nuts. Some well, say Saban lost his fastball. <laughs> I've heard that. 
I mean, the, the thing is, though, is Alabama just being there, I think, was an accomplishment because they weren't they weren't your Alabama of old, right? Uh, have you? How many of you all have heard, this is Nick Saban's best coaching job? Um, I, I believe that to an extent because Milrow is good but has his limitations. Uh, not the most consistent player. And, I mean, if you look at some of the skill talent they've had, that's gone in and out. I don't. I don't know where Isaiah Bond, McClellan, and and those guys. Like I, I don't think they're near the top of. They 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 haven't had the same dudes um, out there, and they were very young on the offensive line. They were starting a bunch of young guys, and then Proctor, uh, their starting left tackle, who was a freshman, he tore ligaments in his leg and or in his ankle leading into the game. I don't think he played a snap. Um, so. I, I think Bama will be fine. Um, little low Alabama. I think they'll be okay. Uh, but it, it, it certainly isn't easier. And I think we discussed that when Georgia started doing their thing. And hell, even when Joe Burrow went on his run, that, you know, the portal and nil, the, being just the one man wrecking crew, it's a lot harder to do now in college football. Um, I, I think if you like, you know, there's there's lots to break down about the game because we weren't up sweating it out late, but like it does kind of stink. I mean, we're getting a Big Ten title for next year, but like, why? Why, why couldn't the Pac-12 just stay alive? I mean, that's Washington's playing some damn good football. They got some, they got some dudes out there. Odunze and uh, Polk McMillan, uh, Michael Penix, Scoots. That this is what my wife was asking. Are you? Are you cheering for him? How how are you? What's going through your head with the Michael Penix experience? Because he's been incredible once he got the hell out of Indiana. Yeah, no, it's it's very much a cheering for him situation, no doubt about it. I, I was all over Washington last night for no reason other than Michael Penix. That's that's the reason I bet Washington. So yeah, I mean, it's not just Michael Penix either. I mean, you've got Kalen DeBoer out there. Yeah, he was yeah. the offensive coordinator at Indiana, so a lot of Indiana connections. I think it'd be hard to root against that because I mean, you're. Let's be honest, you're not going to see success with Indiana football. So that's that's pretty much as close as we're going to come to ever reaching a national championship. So I think you have to re- root for Michael Penix, right? Yeah, but what if they were there? Like, they every, were still- like everybody or you? I, I mean, I think Indiana fan base as a whole is probably rooting gotcha. for Michael Penix, yeah. But no, I mean, Roush, to, to say that if he was still at Indiana, it'd be Indiana on this spot, that's just ludicrous. Because, I mean, they, they don't have the pieces that they have out of Washington. You mentioned a few of those guys. Indiana doesn't have those the, that talent, those playmakers. They don't have anything that Washington has. So, yeah, I, I, to say that it would could potentially be Indiana, I think that's a ludicrous mindset. I think you just have to sit back, enjoy this for what it is, root for Michael, be happy for the kid that, that helped Indiana football win some games a couple of years ago. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. They're joining us in the year 2024. We've got some grab-and-go texters. They say, college football got what it deserved with the Cotton and Orange Bulls unless they start requiring bowl game particip- participation for nil money. Non-playoff bulls are dead. Well, couldn't you say they got what they deserved with a great college football playoff, though? Yeah, also, like, did you watch uh, – people who say that the bowl games stink, did you, did you watch them? Did you watch the Pop-Tart Bowl? It's a great game. There's a lot of great bowl games. There were some bloody ones. Yeah, it's like every freaking year, Roush. Yeah. There were some awesome ones. There were some that were just totally 
worthless. Like, yeah, you know. e- even the teams that ha- didn't have opt outs, Iowa, watching them play football against Tennessee, not good. Hey, the undercash, though, got another one. Hey, yeah, I, 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 the bowl game stuff, I just, I don't, I really don't have the energy or care. Uh, Roush, it's really like people just uh, at least a few years older than us, and then that that extends to like you know eighty and ninety and whatnot. There's bowl game traditionalists, and like all this is just driving them mad, like all of it. And I'm just not. I'm not a bowl game traditionalist. Maybe it's because when growing up, UK football, I didn't go to a lot of great bowl games. Uh, maybe it's just because I I don't I don't care. A bowl game in its own right is just a, a meaningful exhibition. Yeah, meaningless exhibition. I mean, it just kind of depends on which way you want to look at it necessarily. But I've always been a big proponent of like, it's ridiculous that you've got a formula that is picking the two teams competing for the national championship. And then while moving from the BCS to the college football playoffs, while I thought that was a good thing, I still thought like, okay, you got a group of these goobers that are picking the four teams that are going to compete for a championship. Like, why don't we pump that bad boy up? 12 teams, I love it. I, you know, I, I would like to get to 16. I know Scooch wanted to get to like six or eight first or whatever. Um, but I, I'm going to – I think we're moving in the right direction. And what this is going to mean for bowl games, I, I don't think it's going to make them more meaningful, Roush. Like, I, I, I don't think the fact that like the 13th team or the 14th team or the 15th team, are they going to be super excited for whatever bowl games they go to? No. Will they probably be the teams that may have a good chunk of dropouts? And opt-outs, yes, probably so. Um, but I, I just – I won't I won't care. It, like, the bowl games are for the Pop-Tart Bowl. The bowl game is for you watching your own team and, like, you know, wanting to win, but knowing that if you don't win, it's really not necessarily the end of the world. And then the rest of it, it shouldn't matter that much. They're meaningless games. What should matter is the college football playoff, the teams that are competing for a national championship. And so much drama was made about that with Florida State – and I'm just glad that, like, no doubt was left behind, Roush. Like, the college football playoff committee, they got it right. If they didn't get it right, it would have been because of Georgia, not because of Florida State. I agree with a lot of people on social media that, like, if you're talking about a team that maybe got hosed in this whole ordeal, it was probably Georgia. But it was tough. It was tough to pick those four teams. You couldn't leave Alabama out. You couldn't leave Texas out. You couldn't leave – absolutely couldn't leave Washington out. So, like – you had to, and obviously Michigan was going to get in, uh, and rightfully so. So, like, it, it was a tough spot, but they picked the four teams that were probably the most deserving and probably four of the best five teams from a talent standpoint. And we got a great college football playoff, and I hope that's just setting the tone yeah. for what the 12 teams is going to be, Roush. I hope the 12 teams is going to be as electric as this. Will we get some blowout games in the 12 team? Yes, we will, because that's just football. Mm-hmm. Will we get some unbelievable games? Oh, yeah. And I can't wait. And the Rose Bowl and having Alabama and Michigan, that was fun last night. We're just going to keep getting more of it in the future. So that's good news, folks. Um, and for the people like worried about the prestige of bowl, meaningless bowl games, it's the most popular watch bowl game was a Pop-Tart that got eaten between teams that I think most people couldn't even remember who was actually playing in the Pop-Tart Bowl. Just Ooh. the fact that there was an actual live mascot that was yeah. devoured in real time. Um, took me a second, but Kansas State covered that game, correct? Right? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Um, <laughs> but and then that's that's fine. I, I I think the only um concerns that 
the only bad looks in the opt-outs, in my opinion, were just New Year's Six games. Like, what? why would you play the sport of football if you don't want to play in the Orange Bowl, right? Like, suck at Florida State. I have no sympathy for you. You get what you deserve. You whine, you complain, you whine and complain. You quit and you go home. Well, that's what you get. You get your ass kicked by 60. That's what you deserve. Just whoosh, go whine some more and get your ass kicked some more. Um, you don't you don't you don't want to get your ass kicked? Well, don't quit on your team, don't quit on your conference. It's a bunch of quitters. That's what they are. Um they're did Kirby Smart just sat him down and took care of business. Took care of business. So did Georgia have a bunch of opt-outs? I, I, I missed that part. Yeah. Um, a couple people left in the portal, but like no, Georgia had, I think they were down like three or four starters. They also had a ton of people leave. I think when you broke down the numbers, the numbers were pretty similar from like a player's opting out or transferring standpoint, but a production value like Florida State was. They're, they're better players left, yeah. They're, yeah, they're they're more, but it, it didn't matter. Like Florida, and right. I, I do think there's something to be said about like, this was the, you're going to get like coaches around the country that are going to bring this up as motivation and whatnot. And and understandably so, but like Florida state was ticked off. They didn't make the playoffs and everybody cried and whined and their elected attorney general was going to sue or do whatever and whatnot. And <laughs> like cry more Georgia ranked number one. They lose to, at that point, number five or number six or whatever Alabama was ranked by Mm -hmm. three points for their first loss in three freaking years, a point for each year. And they drop from one to five. Like they dropped four spots for losing a game by three points to a, a really, really, really good football team. Shouldn't they have been the ones that were crying and opting out and everybody so mad and blah, 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 blah. They, they, we didn't get a chance to defend our title. They took it away from us. No, what they go out? They had the majority of their team because they have a good culture, Roush. Yep. And they just went to work and treated it like a, an easy practice. Not just a practice, like an easy practice. Uh, you had Georgia players doing Instagram lives on the sideline. I think it's a culture thing more than it is. Like, Georgia was ticked off about how things unfolded, and they went and they proved it. Florida State was ticked off with the way things unfolded, and they cried, and they wept their teammates out to dry oh. and get people hurt and lose by a thousand. And, like, a game that for Florida State, again, you know, I kind of brought it up with Louisville last week, but, like, Louisville has this dream season, and what do you get for it? You get to go to the Holiday Bowl against a team that doesn't care to be there. And they still lost. Florida State, you have an undefeated season. How is it going to be remembered? You whining and crying, not getting in, being the first Power 5 undefeated regular season champion to not make the playoffs. And how do you follow all that stuff up with the biggest Orange Bowl beatdown of all time? I don't know if that's factually true, but if there's a worse one than that. No, it's the worst in bowl history, period. Like, this is a year that Florida State should have been – like, it, it should be a memorable season for all of eternity, with or without the playoff. I mean, at least the drama of it adds, like, an extra lore to this whole story. And instead, it's just going to be remembered as, like, oh, yeah, you all were the team that got beat by 60 in the Orange Bowl. Was it really the worst bowl loss in history? Yep. Uh, no, <laughs> no, te- no team's ever lost that many points. Ever in any bowl? Ever. Any bowl game ever. 60 points. That's wow. great. I mean, we, we had a 59 to 10 earlier, but, like, you know, 
they they got on the scored a touchdown. Uh, Eastern Michigan did in that game. I sometimes and, wonder if like Louisville fans think like I wonder if that would have been us if we had. You know, like maybe it's a good thing that it all played out the way that it did because Georgia could have done that to Louisville too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Um, I mean, USC did it to them. Like they. Yeah, and again, maybe not like sixty-three to six bad, but like kind of. Hey, let's just pick the score. Yeah. And I do think Georgia wanted to run it up on Florida State, and I love that. Like, you know, it kind of stinks for the Florida State players who are like, "Hey, I'm not going to leave. I'll stick around. Like, I'll go out there and give it my all." And how are you rewarded? Just by getting dominated. Indiana Tim, a morning grab-and-go texter, says, good morning for your viewing pleasures. It's a link to a tweet, so I don't maybe get to that during the break there, Indiana Tim. It's Tuesday, and I'm still not over the bowl game. We're going to get to it right after this first break. Uh, John here. Good morning, everyone. I'm glad to be in 2024. Wow, the Huskies and Wolverines, the ratings should be off the chart. Wink, wink. Not sure what the wink, wink is. Right. Hey, I like, feel like our basketball – yeah. Hey, I feel like our basketball cats should already have a top five ranking next to their name. I know it depends on what happens to the other teams in front of us. However, if we beat the Gators, we'll be in the top five. We'll got to go. Cat you later. Uh, there's six rankings updated yesterday. UK up to number six. I, I do think they should be ranked ahead of, of Tennessee. If you just compare their resumes, I think Kentucky's got the better. But it's early. It doesn't really mean much. But uh, this is the way to look at it, UK basketball fans. It's the beginning of the year. UK's ranked number six. Everything's out there for the taking. Number one seed's still in play. SEC and all that stuff. Obviously, it hasn't even started. So, of course, that stuff's in play. National championship, that's in play. We're we're in a spot we want to be at. Six is fine. Um, you know, I wouldn't care if it was 21, really. You got plenty of time to make it up. I wouldn't, you know, if it was one, that'd be great, too. Uh, but we're in a fine spot. Thanks for the text, John. Uh, and then one more grab-and-go texter, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll get back to uh, – we'll talk the Gator Bowl. Can we all agree to be elated – to have that do that doofus Devin Leary out of here. I, I'm I think Devin Leary, I think he always played hard. Um, you never wasn't like is between the years, is he is he with it or whatnot? But we'll talk about the season that he had. We'll talk about the bowl game that he we he he had. We'll talk about that Gator Bowl loss. Yes, I was pretty frustrated with the whole thing. Nick Roush was down there for the whole thing. And we'll get we'll get Scoot's opinions on the whole thing. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Happy 2024. Call. Be right back. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Welcome back. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1. We love Thorntons. Remember, they're on the corner of every block in Louisville for a reason. It's because they're the best inside the store, the convenience, the friendly staff, the fresh fruit, the 89 cents, 32-ounce sodas. Uh, you just can't beat it. And then outside the store, at the pump, save money each and every time you fill up. If you're a Refresher Rewards member, download that app. We love Thornton's. We love the Thornton's text line. Keep the text coming in, 502-414-1450. What we don't love is blowing games to Dabo Sweeney and Clemson Roush. Uh, that, that stunk. Like, I was legitimately – pretty bummed with the way that football game unfolded 
and UK losing. Again, in the grand scheme of things, like, should that change the outlook of next season in the slightest? No, not really. But a missed opportunity to get more positive momentum, excitement, uh, all all those buzzwords that you want to use. I, I was pretty bummed, Roush, that UK gave that football game away. Yeah, they should have won. Um, but you can't commit four turnovers in the fourth quarter of a football game and expect to win. You just can't. And even if you take away the last one, you really shouldn't because the guy was open, and if he hits him, the ball's on like the 45. They've got three timeouts. Uh, if they complete two more passes after that, you're in field goal range. But uh, nevertheless, like you just can't – it's three turnovers in eight plays. Like, but I, I, you can't do that. <laughs> you just can't. Um, and that that kind of was the – it's just unfortunate because I, I I thought the defense played well. The eight sacks, I I went back to twenty twenty one and they had six sacks in the season opener, but I, I don't I can't you know I, I stopped there. Maybe maybe some game in nineteen or eighteen they had eight, but that one of their most disruptive games at four point six yards per play for Clemson. Uh, Clemson had the Jabal despite those three turnovers and the awful kickoff coverage they got him the ball down to the forty. They have four possessions start inside the 40 and only got 13 points out of it. And the defense played pretty well. The offense was explosive. But, you know, I, I wrote about it Sunday. Like, you just – this team isn't really built to just only live on explosive plays. Um, you needed to be able to grind out some drives. Uh, they ran 51 plays to LSU – or it's not LSU, to Clemson's 80. Because they just couldn't – they couldn't sustain drives. All their scoring drives were four plays or less. Like, I mean, it was just bam, bam, bam. And it's exciting. The big plays are exciting. Uh, but if you take away that one Ray Davis run for 43 yards, they averaged like two yards per carry. They couldn't run the football at all against Clemson. They relied a lot on Devin Leary. He completed 57% of his passes and had three turnovers in the fourth quarter. It was uh, very boomer bust. And uh, we got a little bit too much bust instead of too much boom. Um, and it just, it's, it's stuck, TJ, because it felt like, it, it felt like the other game for, uh, against the South Carolina team earlier this year. Like they had a chance to put them away there in the third quarter after the Barry on Brown touchdown. And they couldn't get a drive going to put them away. And instead, a bunch of turnovers started popping up. And, and then uh, chaos ensued. So as, as much of a bummer as it was, at least that fourth quarter, you can't say it was boring, <laughs> right? Like that was – I can't remember another Kentucky football game like that. Even even in some shootouts, it didn't produce anything quite like that fourth quarter. Uh, it was an exciting game. It just absolutely stunk being on the, the wrong end of it. Uh, and you could maybe make some cases that like the Louisville game, it, it, it went your way and maybe in a different world, you know, this Clemson game could have gone your way, uh, but close games when you're playing with fire and, and yeah, the turnover stuff was just ridiculous. Like that, that stuff is embarrassing. Like the, you, you just can't have that happen at this high level of a football game. But what everybody's going to come back to, and Roush, I think it's understandably and rightfully so, the 12-play, 68-yard drive that Clemson had to go win it. And, of course, the third and 18 that everybody's going to reference during that. But it just didn't feel like a Mark Stoops defense throughout that game. We are used to, like, the bend don't break, but 
this season it was just kind of bend and then break or break and bend and then break again, whatever it may be. And that just stunk. It just stunk to see, all right, you know what? UK did what they needed to do. They've taken the lead. It was fun. It was a big play. It was exciting. Defense, just go win this. You know, we how many Mark Stoops games and even bowl games have the defense won the game with like an interception or a big play? Go do that. And let's celebrate. Nope. Just kind of like death by a thousand paper cuts, it seemed like. Just Clemson got what they needed when they needed it converted when they needed to convert and just marched on down the field and sealed it off with a touchdown, chewing up all the clock they needed. And not that UK couldn't have maybe had a chance at a game tying field goal, but one, it was going to be put, you were put in a tough spot regardless. And with like eight seconds left, 15 seconds left, whatever it was. Secondly, don't, don't sweat it. Cause Devin Leary threw a pick on the absolute first play. So um, all things considered, Roush is just disappointing, disappointing from the coaching staff in my opinion, again, bowl games are what you make of them. If you don't think they're a big deal, then fine. You shouldn't get worked up, win or loss. Uh, I just – football games that you feel like you're the better team, I'm always going to want to have the win to prove it. I felt like Clemson was – or UK was better than Clemson, and, and they didn't get the trophy to, to show it. Yeah, I almost disagree because Clemson just executed. Kentucky Kentucky couldn't do it. They They, they – they were an expo- like we it's funny TJ cuz we've been begging for them to be explosive and that's exactly what they were and it caught, like that that's why they lost because they relied solely on explosive plays both offensively and defensively to be good in this game and they couldn't um, and I, I think a lot of it comes down to um, like I the the third and 18 play that's taken up a lot of oxygen I I'm not. I'm not being overly aggressive on when you've got 18 yards to get two plays to get 18 yards. Like I, I don't. I don't know many defensive coordinators that would be. Um, that's that's a situation where you should force them to throw the ball underneath. Yeah. Like, like I, just, I, I disagree. I mean, force them to fo- throw the ball underneath. Then, and I, I saw your breakdown. I read your article. I liked it. I appreciate it. It gave a different perspective of it. I think, like you know, I'm sure people were probably like crushing you or stuff like that. Um, oh, yeah. But, like, when you're doing that, and I think your point of the article was like, hey, it wasn't so much the play call, or, you know, I, I think people can disagree with the play call, even with your analysis. But right, you were more right. like, hey, this guy's out of position. Like, if yeah, this guy's like, out of position, what are you doing? Like, like, make him throw it to the guy that's five yards downfield instead of the dude that's 15 yards downfield. And I think that that would be like a counter to your article is that, like, well, don't be in a spot where one guy out of position can make things so easy. Like if you send some pressure and they just make an insane, like over the back shoulder throw and catch near the sideline for, you know, the first down or up in like to two yards until the first down or whatever, then you live with that. And they made a good football play, but like it just felt like I'm sure you other UK fans felt the same way I did. And Roush, you were there and you probably have a better insight into this, but just how it felt watching on TV was like, oh my gosh, it's almost like we're letting them do what they want to do. Like, stop letting them be comfortable. Stop letting them be – and, of course, you get the quotes from the quarterback after the game, and he's like, yeah, the soft coverage. that, that we, we were Well, just- and, and also, that was uh, – I, I love that, like, one Clemson reporter just, like, paraphrased it. So, I mean, he never said soft zone either, like, in that thing. But, like, people just latch on to it because, like, that, that's what they want to be mad at. But, no, no, you're right. And, like, here's – there are serious conversations to be had about Kentucky's overall defensive philosophy. Um, that it, It's felt like they got figured out some this year. 
um, and they're going to have to adjust. Now, in that game, I don't like I. I I don't think you can do that just for that game, though, right? Like you're, especially once you're backup, you're you're playing backup cornerback. Like I, I think there's fair criticism to say, like, hey, um, why is the secondary this bad? Like they, you, you, you should have better. I mean, think about all the great secondary players Kentucky's had. TJ, do you feel like any of them were on the? I mean, like Max Hairston was a delight this year and a pleasant surprise. But he's playing with a broken hand half the year, and he couldn't make an impact. Because they quit throwing to his side of the ball, but like just having those, like your Mike Edwards, your Darius West, like dudes that just made plays. I wonder if they can play the way they want to without having elite talent in the secondary. Because here's the thing: next year their strength is going to be in the front seven. It's not going to be in the secondary, so they're going to have to change the way they play. Um, but then, uh, like that—that's where I think the serious conversations can be had. But at the time, like the way they were playing is just the way they played. Like that's like asking Cal to play his own, like in crunch time of an important game. Like that's not this is not what they do, right? Like, and I think all- that's a good, yeah, no, no, no. You're right. Like they didn't do anything different than they hadn't been doing for really the whole Mark Soup's era. And I think that's kind of what bugs some people. And yeah. I think I think what like kind of maybe this ended up being the deal with the staff is that like they just couldn't get as much one-on-one pressure that they thought like, Hey, we've got these guys that are just going to cause some havoc for the offensive line Mm -hmm. that like, we won't have to go send pressure because these guys are going to cause the pressure just themselves. And yeah, they weren't able to do that at least not consistently enough. So then when you drop back in coverage, you're right, Roush. I just don't know if the talent was like was at the level that they need to ask their players to do the things that they do. And then that's a fair question that you brought up. Like, why is it that way? I mean, even Keydron Smith would have felt like a godsend back there this season. Well, well and, that, and that's the point too, TJ. They went and they got these transfers. And it's like, well, I mean, these guys are on multiple years of college football. Should you need to, quote, unquote, protect them, right? Like that. that's uh, – that, that's the part. It's like, well, why, why aren't they better? <laughs> you know? And and the thing, too, is, like, if you watch them throughout the game, I think Kentucky was more aggressive um, than they typically are. And they really got after Klubnik. I mean, the eight sacks, the three quarterback hurries, there was two intentional grounding penalties called. I mean, they were getting after him all day. The part that's disappointing for me is that, like, this was a good matchup, and you wanted Clemson. Like, that's all they could do was just to throw, like, dink and dunk, right? And that doesn't, they can't work all the time. The only big plays they got were thrown to the same spot on the field. And it was in that, the spot where the third and 16 play happened. It was the spot where the, the tight end caught two of them. Just in that little pocket on the yeah. right side, about 15 yards downfield. It's like, can, hey, corner, when you're dropping into your deep third, do you not see that guy? Do you not so you know it's it's frustrating. Um, but I, I'm just I, I'm very I'm very annoyed because more more so because you you finally got started to see the elite play from the front seven that we expected. And then um, the secondary just was just gave up too many, just gave up too many plays. And uh, now you go into an offseason where and, and like TJ, that, that is one thing that I think is like you, you kind of made the point off the jump. Like, how how much would it change? I do think that the way that Kentucky lost is going to make put real pressure on Stoops the entire offseason, where there's not going to be some sort of like, 
Like, there's not going to be any sort of sense of contentment. And I think you could have gotten that if you swept the seven and six or seven and four, whatever the hell. They were six and five going into week 12. Like, you swept a lot of that under the rug if you beat Wolves on Clemson to see in the season. They're not going to be able to sweep any of that under the rug after the way that things ended this year. No, that's exactly what we talked about on Friday. It was like, man, this bowl game – Kind of a bigger deal than I think just like a normal old Gator Bowl would be in most cases because it's going to change the way we remember the season. You win that one, I don't think people are like saying, yeah, that 2023 year, that was my favorite team ever. But I think people are looking at 2023 and saying like, all right, Roush, I think they probably would have finished in the top 25 like we talked about on Friday. And I think you would have said, hey, an underwhelming year finishing in the top 25 with wins over Florida, Clemson, and Louisville, like, okay, hey, like maybe this program actually has moved up a couple levels because that's cool. Like to be a little underwhelmed and still finish in the top 25 with some big wins over some national title program programs, uh, for lack of a better word. Louisville not obviously one of them. But uh, <laughs> instead you lose. You blow it. You, you blow a double-digit lead. You're de- you know, everything falls apart in the fourth quarter. And you're right. It's not totally fair to the defense because the offense put them in some really, really crappy positions. But I agree with you, Roush. Like, I just think UK fans that are skeptical about Mark, Scoop, Mark Stoops like that Saturday or Friday was like, why? Like, it was just sealed up in a bowl. If anybody's ever trying to explain like why you have some reservations about Mark Soups, that game, the conservativeness, just some of the play calling, uh, just feeling like you kind of got out coached at different times. That's frustrating. And that's annoying to fans. That being said, it's kind of this, a Plumley bro brings up basketball football. We'll get to that on the Thornton's text line here in a little bit. But it, it, it does feel almost basketball-esque where it's like, hey, John Calipari brings in the best players that's cool. We like that. But man, we really want national championships and something's just not connecting here. With Mark Stoops and UK football, it's like we want UK football to be competitive with the biggest of the big boys. We want going into every single Saturday thinking that we have a chance and it's not if we lose or how much we lose. It's do we actually have a a chance to make this interesting in the fourth quarter? And Stoops has done that so much. We've been so appreciative of the whole thing, but it just seems like there's some limitations on in-game coaching X's and O's that are we just stuck with that forever? Is this what it's going to be? We know that he can bring talent in. We know that he can do a good job fundraising. We know that everything around UK football has been better under Mark Stoops. But Roush, that same question for people that are skeptical about Mark is, has the ceiling been hit? Like, is the limitations of his coaching, has it matched what all the things he can do off the field? And it's kind of tough not to say maybe at this point. And I know we need to go to a break. We do luckily have a whole nother hour though. So yeah, and I it's yeah, you're you're dealing with the well, he got us to this point. Um so like there's there's a it, it's tough. Um I, I think the biggest thing though comes back to the offseason and the way he built his program, the dyna- the that the calculus has changed because college football has changed. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be a challenge, but that that makes some right changes. They can keep up with the Joneses in the new SEC. We'll continue this conversation into hour number two. We'll read your text on the Thornton's text line. Happy New Year, 2024. It's going to be a happy big blue year for the Cats. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. We'll be back after this. New year, right? 12 o'clock tonight. 
when they dim the light. Let's begin. Over? You say over? I heard no family. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two. The first hour number two of 2024 here on Kentucky Roll Call. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Roll Call. Tuning in. Happy Tuesday to you. Good morning. Cold outside. It's winter. A lot of people have these two months at the bottom of their two-month power rankings, January and February. Uh, I I do not, and it's strictly just because of college basketball. If not for college basketball, then definitively, oh yeah, these would be the bottom two months. Uh, so if you're a U of L fan, I can totally see where you're coming from. Uh, with with the with, it does kind of stink for them the next three months. But but all things considered. Uh, Plenty to talk about. Maybe a coaching search for them down the down the pipe. UK basketball, though, it'll get us through these cold months. Uh, and the Thornton's text line will get us through hour number two as well, 502-414-1450. And Salsaritas, it'll take care of any hungriness you may have. Check out one of their two locations. In 2024, you should hope to eat more Salsaritas Mexican food. That should be resolution number one. They've got great wildly addictive chips, hot spicy salsa, queso, you name it. Check out Salsaritas today. And you can eat healthy at Salsaritas. I know everybody's looking at, you know, maybe a diet or eating healthier to start the year. That's another resolution that people have. You can eat super healthy at Salsaritas. Uh, Taco salad is a go-to of mine. A burrito bowl, which is basically just the same thing, except less lettuce, more rice. They got great proteins, by the way. So delicious, their seasoned meats. Check them out today. Salsaritas, two locations, Middletown and St. Matthews. We're continuing to talk about UK's disappointing bull loss to Clemson. Uh, I probably, a good thing or a bad thing, like if you know we were doing radio that day or the next day, I would have been really, really fired up. But you get like five days that pass since then. Mm-hmm. I've calmed yeah. down a little bit. But Roush, I was, I mean, like, this game Kentucky should have won. I felt like Kentucky was the better team. I know some people may disagree with that. I know you said that like kind of Clemson did what they wanted more, where UK was more explosive plays. And I know that's usually kind of the formula for an upset, but uh, it just felt like the Cats, anytime they needed to kind of flex their muscles, they did up until the final like five minutes where they were just turning the ball over every three seconds. But it like, but for the first three quarters of the game, I just, it was fun. UK's offense looked more of what we were hoping it was going to look like. Uh, the players that, you know, you were saying goodbye to, you know, Ray has a good game. He's doing good things. Devin does some fun things that you get excited about. Barry on's kickoff return. You feel like, oh boy. All right. Now the cats are rocking and rolling. And then they just blew it. They blew it when they mattered the most. And you get to see Dabo smiling and doing all his stupid shenanigans and antics after the game, just pouring more salt into the wound. So UK fans were upset on Friday. I was one of them, and I totally, I'm, I'm, I totally get it. Um, but the thing is, and Roush is kind of right about this: like the season was what it was. It was a disappointing season. There was a way maybe to kind of trick ourselves into beating Clemson, where it doesn't look as bad on paper, or at least look as underwhelming on paper. But anyway, you splice it. Like this was a this was an underachieving year for Mark Stoops. And Roush, the scary thing is, it's like 
all right, we like the roster for this upcoming season. Once again, Mark Stoops does a good job putting together a pretty solid roster, but this is probably his toughest schedule that he's had uh, as a SEC coach. I mean, it's right up there with some other ones. It's in the conversation with some other ones. Point being, this is just going to be your future now. Like you're going to have tough SEC schedules each and every year. And I just, again, going back to the end of the hour, number one conversation, has he hit his ceiling as a coach? Like, is this what Kentucky football will be under Mark Stoops? How much better can it be? And, you know, God forbid you ask the other question is, where's the basement? We hope we don't find out. Maybe this is the basement, though. There's a reason, you know, I'm not trying to be totally pessimistic. Um, they're, they're, maybe this well, is it. Maybe like a bad season for Mark Stoops would be 6-6 six and six and 7-5. and five. You kind of, if you just to play the math of the the future schedules, you kind of hope that you can stick to just two badass teams, right? That, that that's kind of what it was like for the most part with the old SEC. Um, even going back to the days where it was like Florida and Tennessee were the the big badasses, uh, you know, Kentucky and Georgia and Alabama this year, and then you hope that the other games can be toss ups. Well, it's not great that Ole Miss is. I mean that. That, that was one game where I just I didn't understand the, the spread there. And I'm like, Penn State's not very good. But I, I, I felt like Vegas was daring you to take Ole Miss. I didn't take the bait. But they they look good. They're going all in on the portal, too. They got uh, Edge, Walter, Nolan. They got a ton of talent. Dart, Dart's coming back, right? Yeah, yeah. And Dart, I think, has been much better than I ever expected or anticipated. So, Ole Miss – is going to be in the playoff conversation. George is going to be in the playoff conversation next year. Texas just was in the playoff. And then freaking Nico. I, I I wanted the volleyball player to really just like be terrible against Iowa, but that was not the case either. So they're going to be getting a ton of hype in there. And uh, here's, another thing be, Mark, here's another thing about Mark Soups. I, again, I like Mark Soups. I do. But like Kentucky with a backup quarterback against Iowa last year. <laughs> Yeah, okay, but that, that's not that's Tennessee not with a ba- Tennessee with a backup yeah, quarterback I mean, against Iowa. Best game you've ever seen the Vols play. It's just like it, you know, that it is an apples to oranges sort of deal, Roush. But it, those are true things. Like those are things that yeah, happen. I mean, they spent like he, he's the eight million dollar man. Like he's the I would future love of the to have, I would love to have an eight million dollar quarterback. Well, we're gonna have good. a. We, you got one next year, Cutter Bowley. If Brock Vandergriff won't stop out because he's going to the NFL draft, then you'll have Cutter Bowley next year, like that. And, and then we can beat Iowa's crappy football team too. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that the, their punter broke a eighty-four-year-old punting record for I most thought you punting gonna, I thought you were just gonna stop the sentence that he broke an eighty-four-year-old. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, that's cool. Sweet. Tell me more about that. Is he arrested? Uh, no, 84-year-old record. Wow, that's old. It was it was 1938, and the guy had he, – he did it nine games because he was also their quarterback. So a lot of times if <laughs> nobody was open on third down, he would just kick it and flip the field. Love that. Uh, so, yeah, bro, broke that record. But moving forward, though, like you, you feel better about the quarterback position. Now, it's going to take a lot of like, – we we took the bait with Devin Leary, and he was worse than we could have ever imagined. There was no scenario in my mind where Devin Leary was at, as bad as he was, right? I, I thought he would have been a top-four quarterback in the SEC, um, and then if you scan around the league, he was – I don't have it pulled up, but he had to have one of the worst completion percentages. Like They, they were just incredibly inefficient. They couldn't pitch and catch. Now, 
I do think it's worth being optimistic that um, we got a big game from Barry on Brown, from Dane Key to end the year. Like that, th- they certainly went through a sophomore slump. Um, there's no doubt about it, but they they kind of picked it back up. Like before the year, if you would have told me who's going to have a better year, Brady Cook or Devin Leary, I would have bet on Devin Leary nine times out of ten. Uh, he had a worse completion percentage than Ken Seals at Vanderbilt. It's the lowest. Like, you have to play in 75% of the team snaps to qualify, and he had the worst. Worse than Auburn's Peyton Thorne, too, who was absolutely terrible all year. Man, so, I lost I, I lost a decent amount of money on that Auburn-Maryland game. Yeah, that's one where there's no way you could have made me bet Maryland, and I was just like, yeah. Auburn sold out their allotment of tickets. Like bowl game, meaningless bowl games are so much more of just who wants to be there. And I was like, Auburn. First off, from a talent standpoint, they're probably more talented than Maryland just off the jump. Secondly, I know Auburn's not good, but like their most recent game was should have win, should have won the Iron Bowl. Like right, you know, right. talking about what have you done for me lately? They had a miracle loss, uh, tragic loss, I guess you should say. Oh yeah, I that I. Ooh. That was ugly. That was one of those two, TJ, where I had, Scoots asked me about bets. I did not know that I had made an under bet in that game uh, before <laughs> I left. And I was like, where's this money? Oh, okay. Um, oh, also, shout out Dylan Johnson. I tried doing the first time touchdown bets for NFL. And, like, I just – I swung a miss on so many. I quit doing it. But last night I was feeling froggy. So, thanks, Dylan Johnson, for finally bringing one of those home for me. Felt good. First touchdown, first touchdown bets are, are such a thrill. Very exciting. Even when uh, it's the lowest odds, guys, eight to one. Like, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into the Thornton's text line here soon. Do need to thank your Pittsburgh Steelers for beating the Seattle Cheathawks. Hey, ah, you're welcome. Thank you. Now, Green Bay controls their own destiny yet again. Just beat Chicago Bears at home. Last year, it was beat the Detroit Lions at home and get in the playoffs. This year, it's beat the Chicago oh, Bears gosh. at home. And let's see what old Matt LaFleur has cooked up for us this week, baby. Oh, it's it, probably... it, it's going to end horrifically. There's no doubt in my mind. Matt LaFleur in big games, that dude chokes time and time again. But I'll say this. That was a beat down on Sunday night. Like that was a fu- my new year's Eve. I don't know if we'll, we may have to save this for tomorrow. Cause like there's so much sports to talk about. I've got wild new year's Eve story and it's not wild at all. It's the exact opposite of a wild new year's Eve story, but it was a pretty funny night. All things considered, but being able to watch green Bay, just punk the Vikings suck it. Shay just absolutely beat the snot out of Minnesota, eliminated them. And now Green Bay just has to beat the Bears, which I'm legitimately like a little worried about because the Bears kind of look solid. And I think the Bears locked up the number one pick too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like they they have plenty to play for. Like ruin Green Bay season in Lambeau and continue to build good momentum for next year with the number one pick. Did you see all of Soldier Field chanting? They wanted Justin Fields. We want Fields. We want Fields. I did not. I did not see that. They they have cool, like confident. you know. Chicago Bears fans are huge losers in large part, but that was a cool, that was cool of them. And I don't know if they're sincere about that, but like that was a pretty powerful message they sent to ownership and the GM and whatnot. And Fields looked great on Sunday. And I'm a little bit, a little bit nervous about him coming into Lambeau, but I'm like, there's just no way Green Bay should lose that game. 
No way. Playoffs on the line at home against a team that you beat by a million at third place. Like, you just have to find a way to win that game. But I'm excited about it. Are the Steelers in or out? Or I know Tomlin got his number. Everybody's happy, happy in Tomlin world where he got locked in another above 500 or 500 season. Actually, losing season, it, right? It, it's funny. So there's a large faction of Steelers fan base that wants Tomlin gone. And it's like, I, I just think that's so ludicrous. He's had two of the worst teams he's had in his entire career the last two years and somehow managed an above 500 record. Like, it's really impressive what he's done, especially this year. I mean, they, they've got nothing on that team. So they're not eliminated yet, TJ, but it's, I mean, it's going to be tough to get in because they they lost that game against Indy. So Indy holds the tiebreaker against them. They've got the same record. So Steelers really just need the Colts to lose on Sunday. And if Steelers win, I think they would find a way to get in. But there, I, there's, I mean, there's, there's more to the scenario than that. It's, yeah, it's I was going to say, Scoots, I, yeah. I think you're, because uh, the, the problem is, is the AFC South has three teams with the same record. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the Steelers, like, like they, they, I think they would need actually the Colts. I mean, they're, they're, two out of the three can lose to give him a shot, but it's going to be difficult. And uh, the Steelers have to beat the Ravens, who mm-hmm. I guess you just hope that they – Well, they locked up um, the one seed, so maybe yeah, they won't play Yeah, you hope they're sitting there, guys. Yeah. I'll I probably play them. But, um, well, the yeah. Ravens are three-and-a-half-point dogs just to show where they're at. Really? Uh, yeah, they're going <laughs> to they're, they're gonna sit – they're going to sit everybody, although I don't agree with that because being off three weeks, I mean, you're missing this week. You're missing the next week because you got the bye, and then you don't play again to the following week. I don't think that's a good strategy. It's if I were the Ravens, I would play people at least a half this week. It's like the baseball wild card thing, right? Oh, yeah, it's a good point. And that ended up like people were freaking out about that. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, the Steelers, according to NFL.com, have a 29% chance to make the playoffs. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> Oh, there is a chance. There is a chance. I will say though, uh, a big suck it to your Packers though, because I just rude. The the total was what forty three and a half, and they scored exactly forty three points in that game Sunday night. So needed needed the over. You're not and, blaming the Vikings for that. Bro, Green, Bay puts a, up, Green, Green Bay puts up nearly the total themselves, and you're it's a it's a, it's a Bofa situation. It's I'm, not a Bofa situation. No, it's, it's a Bofa situation. You know, we know darn well who is responsible for oh, that. But I, also, a why, warm welcome, a warm thank you to the Steelers. I'm why are you playing defense now? You weren't supposed to play defense. Uh, we got rid of Jair. Jair got suspended. It brought everybody together. <laughs> Nobody went out there to be the cab. I wonder if we had anybody from Minnesota that was like, I'm just going to go be the captain today. I, look at me now. I'm the captain. I'm the captain. Uh, no, but fun NFL stuff for Green Bay. I, is this team going to do anything if they make the playoffs? Absolutely not. But I want to watch more football for my favorite team. I mean, not less. It's the so. same as the Steelers, right? I mean, the, no. both both teams get into the playoffs. Neither of them are going to do anything. But it's it's okay. just the fact well, that you get to the playoffs. Let's not lump me us in with the Steelers. Oh, I'm lumping you in. Like it or not. That, we have a quarterback that's actually worth a fart. You all don't. And quarterbacks in the NFL, they matter. Now, But I will say this. I just think you all need to have some sort of contract deal with Mason Rudolph that, like, any game that falls around Christmas, he just gets an automatic start. <laughs> you all get the automatic win, and everybody everybody moves on. Oh, man. Um, it was at least a fun – that was a fun red zone slot. The, the Giants – with the punt return and then 
going for two and not getting it after that. That was a that was a fun little uh, finish to that game. And then uh, Josh Allen had three sacks. That was that was cool too. New franchise record for single season sacks. I was gonna say, speaking of going for two, the the big the big storyline in the NFL, the controversy feels like a month ago now. But yeah, uh, yeah, the, the Saturday night game, right? That was Saturday night. I think. Yes, that was. Um, the reporting, non-reporting, the NFL seems like they've got some explaining to do. Seriously. Like I, I, and it's one of those things too, TJ. That of course the like it couldn't happen to worse fan base, right? Like you want give me the the Lions fans' happiness over the Cowboys fans' happiness nine times out of ten, and for for it to unfold in that way, you're just like ah, how how did you all take all this time? And it's almost like they were looking for the flag, right? When they took two minutes to to chat to make sure it was legal. And they were like, well, we think it's illegal, so we're going to call a flag, even though they didn't know with 100% certainty that it was illegal. That, that's the part that was weird to me, right? It's that, like, yeah. as it happened, nobody thought it was an illegal play, except for the doofus, doofuses in the zebra shirts who took 10 minutes to make the wrong call. Yeah, th- there's only two things at play here. Either he just, like, they they got confused on who reported, they they got the wrong number, and they messed up. Like the officials messed up just unintentionally and accidentally. And this is my best guess, but officials in the power trip that they're on, it's like they can't come back and be like, yeah, we, you know, we totally blew that play. That one's on us and we messed it up. Um, So instead they're like, well, he didn't really report or blah, blah. You know, they did the pool reporter after the game and whatnot. They gave a bogus answer. Uh, They didn't own up to it at all. Or that's option one. And I think that's probably it is option one. Or option two is just like they're cheating. I I do think just getting confused on which guy reported was more likely what happened. Yeah, yeah. Because they had two guys, right? Like they had multiple guys go out there. They did that because they didn't want the defense to to know who was legal. You know who to keep an eye on. But all it did was confuse the 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 official. And like Dan (laughs) is going nuts after they throw the flag. Because before games, a lot of people don't know this, but before games, the coaching staff meet with the officials, and the officials will say, "Do you all have any trick plays? Like, what are some things? What are some gimmicky things you all may do that so right. we don't mess it up? Right. We don't want to mess it up. We want to be in the know on this stuff." And Dan on the sideline after they threw the flag, I told you all, I told you all. You know, he's a big football guy, so he's freaking out, and like so. What the NFL just really stepped in it, and anything short of just them saying exactly that that, like, we totally messed up, we you know, we have, we're not finding anybody here. I also hate that too, Roush. How so many players and like coaches, I don't want to get fined, I'm probably going to get fined for this. I guess maybe I'm going to get like they're it's always in the back of their mind, and it's because that's the way the NFL sets this up. If you question the officiating, mm-hmm. they are going to make you pay. I hope in this instance they wave it. The Lions got absolutely hosed. And it wasn't just like, well, you know, sometimes bad things happen. Probably means if the Lions win their first playoff game, they're going to have to travel to Dallas for the divisional round. And that that sucks. I mean, think about what that game at home in Detroit would mean for the Lions, for that city, for everything. And not only for, like, their chances to ideally win a Super Bowl and have the dream season of all dream seasons, 
but just from a, a one offer, now they're going to have to go to Dallas. That that stinks for them. That whole situation. I, I'm no love lost between me and the Lions, but that was a that they were cheated. <sighs> also, Ralph, Ralph, you stink. You brought mm-hmm. up the uh, Giants and Rams game. Listen to what happened to me this weekend. So. I, I do a nice little seven-game parlay on Sunday, right? Plus, <laughs> I like the way this is starting. Plus 4,500. I'm feeling good. Everything's looking good. I had the over in the Ravens-Miami game. That hit early in the game. I took three money line teams. They all cruised. No problem. I teased the Rams from six and a half down to two and a half instead of oh. taking the freaking money line. So I lost that parlay by a point and a half because the Rams well, couldn't cover two and a half. And also the the part I just took them out of six. And if they didn't commit a penalty on the made PAT, you think, oh, well, the Rams got to go down and score now. They're going to have a sense of urgency. Said they're up by one, quick three and out, punt it back, and then the Giants. Um, Mason Crosby, your guy, TJ, uh, that – Kicks oh. a field goal that was like I, I was mean, watching it in real time. I you know at the time I'm thinking like I need the Rams to lose like because they're fighting and I, I still want the Rams to lose. Mm-hmm. They're, they're Green Bay and 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 Los Angeles. They're jockeying for playoff position. Green Bay's got the tiebreaker over them if they can just get to the same record. And I look, you know, what's funny is like a week ago today, my mom was like, "How about Mason Crosby for the Giants?" And I was like, "What? He's not on the Giants." She's like. Yeah, he's on the Giants. And I was like, he got signed to the Rams, but they almost like instantly cut him. And I think that was it. And I like did a quick Google on my phone. I was like, my mom breaking Mason Crosby news to me. Sure enough, fast forward to Sunday. And like we're I went to a buddy's house to just watch some of the Sunday games, have a New Year's Eve New Year's Eve lunch, blah, 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 watch football together. It's fantasy football playoff weekends. Got the league together. And I look up from the TV, I'm like, that's that's Mason Crosby. There he is. Oh my gosh, this is a game. This is a big field goal too. Out in the elements, no less. I hope he can. And then no, he just missed it. Yeah, he tough, tough, tough sliding. Tough it was sliding. close. I mean, it was close for an old man in that spot. But Mason was probably thinking like, ah, I get this bad boy. I may get another year of paychecks, baby. Like, let's go. And he missed it, unfortunately. Mason will get just, another year of paychecks. You never know. I just, I. The fact that we went from all of this football and then now, I mean, it's it's going to be great because in a, last weekend of NFL playoffs on the line, we get two games on Saturday and then and then you get into the playoffs. Like, that's great and all. But, man, just we've had nonstop football for like three weeks, and I'm just what, – like, what, what do I do tonight? You People know? this Thursday are going to lose their minds. I think they're going to, like, start – I don't. It's going to get ugly. Society may collapse as a whole. It's going to be Thursday. People are going to be going to turn on football. Nope. Got to oh, wait till Saturday. Gosh, gross, 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 gross. And the Ravens may. The Ravens are good right now. They're our only hope is that they're just peaking too early, which very well could be the case. But they're good. Oh, uh, peaking. I do think the Dolphins are frauds, though. Yeah, Bradley Chubb tore his ACL too. Why was he in the game that late? That makes no sense. Eagles, definite frauds, though. What a hilarious loss. I, I forgot to tre- text Trevor um, to make fun of him. Did oh, don't worry. He, he wouldn't have responded to you. Oh, 
He didn't respond. He, to he was either. he was sick all weekend. I texted him I, several times on Sunday. Never responded back. Texted him yesterday. Never responded back. I even reached out to Rutherford. Like, hey, you talk to Trevor because I have not heard from him, and it was a little weird. So he called me last night. Couple days spent sleeping. Was sick. Had a little rum, rumbly tums. Oh, oh no. man, I'm glad he finally got some rest. No kidding. Yeah, he he, he just go. He puts his body through so much. Goes so hard. Non-stop working, rarely ever gets any sleep. Bad for the body. Glad he finally got some rest during the holidays. Let's head on over to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. But he does feel all right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah, he said. He, he said he says, okay. said he feels great. So uh, I have no idea where we are on the text line. Where it starts Tuesday. Uh, I think somebody said, okay, yeah, here we go. Oh, here we go. Not sure if Booger McFarland has cable or not, but would be interested in his thoughts on the Orange Bowl. My biggest bowl takeaway, Brown Key Macklin could be very scary. Yep. That's the thing, Roush. Like, that's the thing I'm, I was reminding myself on Friday is that, like, that was frustrating. That stunk. Some of, like, Stoops being conservative here or there, that can bug me a little bit. Should be a good roster next year. Like, it just, you know – and maybe we're saying the exact same things and having the exact same conversations, but we're getting rosters that we feel good about. And that's important. But I will say this though, offensive line and secondary, I, I will need some new names. I will need some new names before the season starts next year. Like I, they're not on the team yet, Roush. Like we need another addition or two at probably both positions. Yeah. There's an offensive tackle that's visiting um, next week, but I mean, even uh, th- those are going. No matter who they get, those are going to be weaknesses. Um, but I do think one thing that's encouraging is Brock Vandegrift can bring some QB run element to the running game. Um, so that that should be able to make defenses a little bit more off balance. And I I, I think you should expect less tip passes because you can't have more. But never never seen so many tip passes in in all my life. By the way, did you all see my tweet in the Kentucky Roll Call community on Twitter after the Kentucky game? I uh, don't know. In regards to Barry and Brown? No. So I was listening to the pregame of the bowl game, and Leach was saying how Barry and Brown became just the second player in Kentucky history to run for or to have a receiving, a rushing, and a kick return touchdown in the same season. He did that in the bowl game. That's unbelievable. No, he's yeah. not. He's, Corey Price has the better stat, Scoots. <laughs> I mean, it might be since like the four. There was a guy in '46 that did it in the same game against Michigan State. No, say uh, he was Barian was the second guy to do it for Kentucky in the same season. But he did yeah, it. No. In the, but he did it in the same game during the bowl game. He had already done it prior to the bowl game this season. But he did it all three in the bowl game too. I thought it was really cool. Right, yeah. I mean, he did, but like that, that also had like Corey pulled a guy from the 40s that did that. Uh, because Derek Locke did it in 2009, nobody had done it in the same season since then, but somebody did it in the same game back in the 40s, uh, for well, Kentucky. So, semantics. So, so the number was wrong. There was there's three guys that have done it. My bad, Ralph. Sorry, Scoots, I apologize. Scoots, really cool stat. It's awesome stat. Yeah. yeah, I definitely wouldn't poo poo that stat. Jeez, I'm just saying, our guy Corey Price, he's he's got all of them. Um, and I saw Corey down there at the. He, he was busting it. Also, 
Corey's work. Why are you making him work the day after the Citrus Bowl or the the Gator Bowl? He had to drive back that night and then work the next day. Oh, gross. Yeah, and he like drove through the night to get down there. I mean, that was a wild, uh, wild marathon sprint for him. Corey Price, text on in. What do you what do you listen to when you're driving through the night? What's he he did have another guy going with him, so like they you know he could trade off driving, which is nice. Yeah, but I wonder I wonder what's on the Corey Price soundtrack. Car soundtrack at three a.m. If going if through, going through the mountains, if Corey's riding solo. He strikes me as an audiobook guy. What the hell is that supposed to mean? I just I don't know. He's always he's he's like a wealth of knowledge, always trying to get more knowledge. I don't, I don't know. It's how no, he no, I know I I it's how he strikes me. I don't know if he's a big I don't know if he's a big uh, book guy though. Maybe not. Probably is. I would think he probably is. Texter says lots of Arkansas hype for a team whose best guard would be our fifth best. There's a lot of Arkansas hype. I haven't heard it. Um, they got the, uh, the guy from Washington, Keon Minifield or whatever his name is. Uh, and with that ruling, like he's eligible all of a sudden with that NCAA court case thing going on. So that he, he's a much better option for them than L Ellis. And I do think he changes kind of the way Arkansas looks without him. Arkansas is a very middle of the pack sec team. Their average is average gets with him. He's probably one of the fastest guards in college basketball, if not the fastest guard in college basketball. So it changes things. Kentucky still should win those games. Is it once against Arkansas this year? Twice? Is it both places again? I don't know. seems like we always play in Fayetteville. Um, is this right, a, right. Is this maybe? I, I, I don't know. But regardless, I mean, uh, it still should be a win for the Cavs. Kentucky up to number six in mm-hmm. the AP poll, um, which is a real nice car. Texter says, is Roush still writing the eulogy for the Clemson game? Our run game was inefficient. Stoops and Brad White blew it. Enough said. Yeah, like that's people who don't – like you have to read to understand. Like that run game was inefficient. And efficiency is – like Kentucky was built to have an efficient run game and then keep everything, bend, don't break defense. Like that's the formula for winning, and they couldn't run the football. Like that. When was the last time they had a? I mean, they run the ball okay against Louisville. Like they, they, they just haven't been a very consistent running attack all year. And the problem is the big picture problem is that like they're not going to be able to fix it with offensive linemen that are just moving bodies like they used to. So that's where that's like a big, it's a big concern moving into next year because um, Trainum isn't like a bastion of explosiveness. Is he going to be efficient enough, or is Kentucky going to be big enough? For, I, I don't know. Um, we, we do have to remember, like, we we wanted to be able to throw the ball, folks. Like, for years, this radio show, got to have a passing attack. You got to be able to throw the ball. Well, they had three guys have over 70 receiving yards on Friday. Yeah, but um, that wasn't a – I mean, it was all in big plays, though. And that that's my overall but, point, but, is there's but, not easy offense. That, like, is like, we're going to get five and six. We're going to get a few yards here and there. There was just nothing reliable or consistent at all this year. And that's why they stunk on third down all year. It's because they were just third and ten because they couldn't do anything easy. Nothing was easy for the offense. Well, the offense, their biggest issue was turnovers. Again, like true. Ray Davis, I don't care if they're explosive or not explosive. I don't care. Like Ray Davis rushes for 63 yards. That's solid. That's fine. 
but you get your receivers having, you know, big games, not on a bunch of catches, but still big explosive. Like explosive plays are fine. That shouldn't be something that like people get upset about. Yeah, where the right. offense where the offense was at its worst was just turning the ball over and hurting the defense. You had two lost fumbles, you get uh two interceptions from Devin Leary. Like you just can't do those things and expect to win. That being said, and like this is all this is why sports are hard and there's a gray area to all this. Like if UK, if you told me UK was scoring 35 points in that bowl game, I would have guaranteed a win. I would have been like, yeah, they're winning. No doubt about it. The offense played well enough to win that game, but they did a bunch of stupid crap roush that cost them the game. Like while you say 35 points, you can't blame it on the offense for losing when you have 35 points. Well, when you're gifting Clemson possessions, that is like yeah. that is the offense's fault. I mean, so, they had, yeah, the defense wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not as simple as just looking at the offense and being like it was strictly a defensive issue. Because it, I mean, it wasn't they just, right because they never the offense never had the ball. That five plays, four plays, three plays, three plays, four plays, six plays, one play, eight, three play, six play, one, three, three, one. Like they didn't, they never had the ball. <laughs> they they ran fifty plays uh, over like thirteen possessions. It was all. Quick, short, fast, and it, it just put too much stress on the defense. Texter says, hot take up, but I really like Joey Galloway. Seems like most people don't care for him. Um, well, I don't have an opinion really one way or another. I liked him as a player. He's he's fine, but not like – I don't think he's great, but he, I don't think he's also like bad, like booger bad. Oh, that uh, Tomawa Dorje, former guy at UK who went to West Virginia, he's back in the portal. Oh, he had a good year this year. Solid year, yeah. Okay, let's take our last break, come back. We'll finish up the Thornton's text line. Uh, we're going to do our year in review, the, the the year recap, I think, on Thursday's show, probably. Tomorrow or Thursday's show. We'll have some fun with that. One yeah, we can talk time. basketball tomorrow, too. The Illinois oh, yeah. State game, that happened. They People played on that. Friday night as well. It was a nice, like... Uh, it's a nice chaser from, from the bad shot of football we had earlier that afternoon. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call, coming up next. Okay. The time I need you most of all. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. The things you say, you're unbelievable. Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM. Okay. AM. We go 7 to 9 Monday through Friday, replay the show 9 to 11, and you can get Kentucky Roll Call wherever you get your podcast. Just search for KRC, Kentucky, well, probably type out the letters. Could be a million things that come up if you just Google search KRC. Uh, but eventually you'd get to Kentucky Roll Call. And then if you listen to us enough, you hear us talk about Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com. It's a new year, new shades, new you. Go treat yourself. Check out the selection. Save 40% with the promo code BIGX at checkout. ShadyRays.com. We love them. You will as well. Fun getting back into the swing of things this morning. A lot to catch up on. Probably some stuff we'll have to save for tomorrow as well. But uh, you're right, Roush. The Cats did play basketball Friday night. I think everybody liked what they saw. It was good. It was uh, hard to get into uh, for after watching the football game, kind of settling down. But uh, thanks to the cast for making it a sweat-free win. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a fun, wholesome way to end non-conference play. 
Uh, and now uh, sellout at the O-Dome awaits this Saturday um, when Kentucky travels to Florida. I did check, though. It is Kentucky does get to double dip with Arkansas, home and away. <clears throat> yeah, because they always play there. They used to always play at College Station, and now they always play at Fayetteville. Uh, regardless, I don't care. Good. Get to beat Arkansas twice, ideally. Yeah, Saturday's going to be a big one, though, uh, the Florida game. This is UK's first true road game. On the schedule, yeah. it'll say U of L. This mm-hmm. is actually it. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a rowdy atmosphere. Cats need to be ready for it. They are a lot more talented than Florida is. Doesn't mean Florida can't beat them. UK lost to UNC Wilmington, um, but you're probably not gonna get the calls. Things may not go your way. Florida's gonna go on some runs. I'll be really anxious to see how this young team answers the call. Uh, you're starting to see more and more national media kind of wake up to this UK team, Roush, but especially Reed Shepard. Those numbers were going around yesterday. Yeah. That like, hey, folks, uh, from a statistics standpoint, he is, like, historically good. Uh, I love the um... – And he is. <laughs> he is. Like, from a number standpoint, his numbers are just, like, jaw-droppingly good. It, it was a um... – I don't know what the stat means, but it's like, yeah, Anthony Davis is the only freshman that's ever been better. And you're like, oh, I guess that's good. <laughs> yeah, some of those numbers and stuff, I also don't know what they mean. But like, like oh, here's okay. some efficiency yeah. stat thing of a jigger. Yeah, so much of it just goes into usage, like how many minutes you're playing and 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 where your role is with that. But right. uh, no, Reed Shepard's awesome, as many players on this Kentucky basketball team are. And they've got, it seems like, again, I, I thought Chapter 2 may be a little rockier, but so far, pretty good. Pretty good. We'll see, though, when they get on the road. SEC play, it's fun. It's exciting. Uh, I love, like, Roush getting home from the office. You settle down. You make dinner. You eat dinner. You do stuff with the kids. And then it's like, boom, conference basketball play. Monday, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, sometimes Thursdays. Not as much on Fridays. Then you get back at it Saturday, and you get in this nice little routine, and then we're going to blink before you know it, and it's going to be Selection Sunday. So hold on to your butt, buddy. Still still going to take a while to transition out of the football, but at least there is going to be more games. I can't. I hate the one-week-off sort of deal. It's just too long oh, yeah. waiting to watch this team play. Um, we did get some fun upsets, though, um, because people were kind of like, oh, my gosh, Florida Atlantic, they upset Arizona. Instant classic, great game, double overtime. And uh, both teams lost to bad teams, I think, within the next four days. Florida Atlantic lost at home to Florida Gulf Coast, and Arizona lost at home to Washington State, maybe? Florida Atlantic, I think, if this is correct, and again, the net rankings will work themselves out. It's kind of silly to get too caught up in it at this moment. But I think they have two quad four losses, which that is like, if that stays on Selection Sunday, that's like two or three seed line killers, like individually. Like What's wild happens. is having – they have – I believe they have two quad one wins and two quad four losses. Like, it's just all over the place for them. So, they probably have capped it like a five seed, even if they run through the um, whatever conference they're in. Are they in are American? They, are they in conference? Yeah, yeah, American. Yeah. Um, so, I guess – The American's you know, pretty good. H- the American's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, but though. Houston's not in there anymore. So, they'll play Memphis. Um, people forget that about Houston, but Memphis yeah. is Memphis. As much as we like to make fun of Penny, they're actually, I think, pretty solid this year. Correct. You'll get some good games between those, but yeah, yeah. I had uh, I'd briefly forgotten Houston's now in the Big Twelve. People do yeah. forget that. 
By the way, Roush, watched a New Year's movie yesterday. Well, it's not about New Year's. Well, although maybe a little about New Year's. The Holdovers? Good movie. Never heard of it. It's got Paul Giamatti. He's great. Everybody loves Paul Giamatti. Yeah, I do too. Uh, he's oh. awesome. It's called The Holdovers. It's like takes place in the 70s, and he's a teacher at a boarding school, and some kids can't go home for Christmas. And, sure. like, it's it's funny, but it's not a comedy. It's just like a – it's probably one of those movies that are going to win, like, a ton of awards. We need a category for those movies. Like, they're just made to win awards. Right, but, like, they might not be the most watched movie that's exactly. out there. Like right, the, right. the score is amazing. Like the the clothes and all like the stuff they do in the background is great. And it's like, is it the funniest movie in the world? No. Is it the best movie in the world? No. But like to film dorks, you know that they're just loving, loving. it. Yeah, loving every second. Oh, like just seeing stills of it, you're like, oh yeah, this has. But the holdovers highly cinema. highly recommend if you're looking for like a New Year's movie. Maybe you're off today. Um, it's good though. It, it's kind of a coming to age sort of deal. I want to take Duke to go see the Duck movie. That looks funny. I don't know. I'm unfamiliar with the duck movie. We contemplated taking Lucy to the troll movie and we ended up just renting it here at home and she did love it. Like, I think we probably would have been okay taking her to the theater. You mean the migration movie, Ralph? Yes. Oh, yes. take me it's too. Got, when you take Duke, it's got, um, what Danny DeVito. It's like voices it. Um, yeah, it looks great. Yeah. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, ducks oh, lawn south for winter. I didn't okay. notice that. Yeah. I bet Lucy probably liked that too. We took her to, um, like a, a bathe and dusters type like place mm-hmm. on, on Saturday. This place opened at 9 a.m. First off, we got there at like 9 30. We had the whole place to ourselves. It was pretty cool. Like, nice. It was pretty sweet. And then like so all the bowling was just wide open. I was like, I haven't bowled in like three or four years. This will be fun. It may even be longer than that. I couldn't remember the last, I couldn't even think of the last time I had bowled. Regardless, it was a quick reminder why you never see toddlers at bowling alleys. Yeah. Like, we got through five frames, and she was loving it and, like, loved pushing the ball down the thing and, like, you know, Mo, Lucy's turn, my turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you got to wait your turn. And then after the fifth frame, she got a fault, and she just lost her crap. Like, <laughs> she ran down the lane. I was that parent that was, like, chasing her down the lane. I was like, oh, my God. She had just, like, a complete and total meltdown. That being said, fun memory. Like not so, not so fun at the time, but in hindsight, fun, fun, fun memory. But we 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 tried, we tried our best. We were like thought we were gonna have this whole morning outing, and then like forty five minutes later, we were like, "Well, we're back home." <laughs> <laughs> like that's the way that it goes sometimes. But yep, that is the way. Hopefully, you all have had a nice Christmas break over at the Roush House. Uh, everybody's sick. It's good, fun. good. That's yeah, what we yeah. to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um... So I'm sorry. Know. Everybody's getting sick all over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it happens. It just, um, the way that everything timed out, like it, the, my drive home was on my one scheduled day off. So like you get home and it's like, okay, now oh. go back to doing stuff. And then everybody's sick. So it's like, you're like, you know, <laughs> mom's not even feeling great either. So it's like, I need, she's like, I need 30 minutes. Just let me rest for 30 minutes. So then I'm like with them. And then, it, yeah, it's just a lot of juggling right now. Your day off, you got a nice 12 hour drive home. Yeah, it's fun. It was, uh, yeah. Was you, got Shane to, in the car. you got to, you got to go to Bucky's. Yeah, I did. Brought, brought a hat home. Did, so was that was it, fun. Is it worth the hype? Um, the, I hadn't had the burritos before and the burrito kicked ass. That was pretty great. So I was happy with the burrito there. 
Good, good. I mean, it's no Thorntons, obviously. Obviously not, no. But uh, Definitely no Thorntons. Right, right. Uh, all right, well, let's read a few more texts here. 502-414-1450. Hope everybody feels better at the Roush House, at the Kelsey House, at the Scoot and Gill Mansion, all of it. Hope oh, we're, we're living good at Scoots and Gill Mansion. What did, did you end up meeting up with Spears for New Year's? No. Coward. No. He, well, I kept waiting on a text. I was I was kind of I don't I didn't, wasn't sure if I wanted to do it or not because I was just, I don't know I was I was not even sure if I would make it up till midnight. So you, I was, you had nothing to wear anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't hadn't done some laundry in a few days. Yeah. The, the excuses were all over the place. So yeah. No, I didn't. But I bet That's it would have been fun. We'll have to hear, is Spears in today? Is he going to do radio at all? He is going to do a show tomorrow. He's on grandson duty today, so no show. Yeah, exactly. The amount of shade TJ is putting towards Stoops and the lack of coaching with his staff is actually kind of funny. Never in a million years would he ever go on this rant about Calipari. Don't get me wrong. I agree with TJ's criticism, but it's hilarious that he has this much energy towards Kentucky football coaching, but will never make the excuses for Cal when coaching is ever in question. You just have to chuckle, sit back, and enjoy the obvious. Respectfully, of course. You're just so wrong. Like, I, you're just so wrong. Um, I go on rants about Calipari and coaching. I did it after the Kansas oh, game. The like Kansas game. Yeah, yeah. Like, stop, Plumley, bro. Just because you think, just because when everybody wanted Cal fired and I didn't, that didn't make me a Cal butt slapper. I like Cal. I want him around. He's not a perfect coach. He gets a bunch of stuff wrong, and he does a million little things that I find to be slightly obnoxious. But he puts together a really fun basketball team more times than not. So I'm going to go to bat for him. And the same with Stoops is he puts together good football teams, um, better than what we had been used to, Roush. And we have we started the clauses of Stoops. I'm not going to be labeled as some sort of Stoops hater. <laughs> we do radio every single day. When things are bad, we try to talk about them when they're bad. When things are good, we try to talk about them when they're good. And when you try to do big picture landscape things, overall, I am personally, me, a member of this radio show, happy with the state of the football and the basketball program, big picture. Doesn't mean little one-offers, Roush, don't really steam my business. They they do. Like, there are games that UK loses in both sports that they should win, and I get pretty ticked off about it. However, I like Stoops running UK's football program. I like Calipari running UK's basketball program. Neither one is a friend to me. Neither one does – I don't get any benefit by butt-slapping one of them versus going after the other one. I'm a fan just like you, Plumley bro, and I'm critical of John Calipari. I just didn't think he needed to be fired. Sorry. Uh... That, that, being, that being said, fire soups. <laughs> Packers Viking over equals cheese. See, that's what was the bummer. The guy I was watching with, he was fine. But whenever the timing of mine, I was a point off, and uh, it got me. I told my friends, like, if there's a bet here, it's probably the Vikings over. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. Might be. Uh, warms my heart to see Eric Wolford's bum, you know what, get exposed on a national level. Absolute loser. That was a tough night for him. Man, the snaps are the one that I, I – it's one thing early on when they're going five wide and Michigan's defense is good, you've got to – you kind of know that they have the upper hand here and you're just calling stupid plays. Um, but even when they seemingly got it figured out in the second half, the center couldn't, couldn't get the snapping issues down. Scoots, did you see the woman's breast on Bourbon Street yesterday? Excuse me? 
It's all over the internet. Nope. Missed it. Yeah. Uh, that first place I went was your Twitter likes to see because like I'd heard about it, but I didn't I'd never I had to go look the video up myself. Oh yeah. They're like doing one of those like little it rejoins where like they're walking Bourbon Street and like you know there's just people everywhere. Oh, Scoots is watching in real time. No, oh, I'm just, no, I'm not. I'm just I'm reacting to the your sto- telling of the story. So they they were doing like a rejoin and she just yeah, pulled just her like, shirt up. Hey, we're in. Yeah, we're we're in the. I don't think she even knew the camera was there. And the funny yeah. thing is, as she slips out, I mean, very almost subtly, like, hey, it I is. want these beads, but I don't want everybody to see. As she kind of slips it out, literally right under her shoulder, a mom is walking or has a stroller with a baby in it. (laughs) And if that doesn't just sum up the French Quarter and Bourbon Street perfectly in like a little four second video. And the mom is like, what? Did I just see a boob? Like, put that away, lady. Wait, so uh, did the camera edit it or no? They didn't have uh, time. No, they zoomed in on her, actually. (laughs) That's hilarious. No, but they, they didn't realize, like the camera didn't know what was going on either. That's check wild. Out the video. I'll check uh, it out. If you're over the age of 18. <laughs> or if you've never seen a boob before. Uh, Texter says, podcast listeners, so if you've already talked about this, my bad, but do we think there's going to be another flurry of players going into the portal this week for UK football now that the bowl game's over? Happy New Year's, fellas. That's from BZ. Happy New Year to you, BZ. They have to do it today. Today's the final day the portal's open. Um, so, I mean, you had Deuce Hogan enter, which I don't, think it was a surprise. They kind of just were like, hey, please stick around for the bowl game. But, yeah, I, I, I think you're going to have to wait for spring break to get that that next flurry of transfers. Louisville had a big one into the portal yesterday. Kevin Coleman. Uh, I think did they Kirk were Prince, uh, did he make a statement on Deuce Hogan entering the transfer portal again? I don't think he did. Somebody needs to get a comment on him immediately. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, what, what, so that is a big deal for UofL? Yeah, I mean, he was one of their highest-ranked transfers last year, and then they lost Thrash. They got into him a decent amount. I thought he was going to be – he was going to be one of their better returning athletes, their skill players, because almost all the rest of them are gone. So, yeah, they're in, they're replacing a bunch. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Uh, the texture says, the frustration comes from Pecoro pointing out the Clemson tight end is the one killing the defense, and there doesn't seem to be adjustments in the second half. Makes it feel like Pecoro saw something the coaches didn't, and that shouldn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think they're seeing it too. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I can't, I can't go with your line of logic there, Texture. I just don't. I can't. I can't go with it. But Coro seeing something they're not like they knew it. The tight end had like eight catches. Um, he wasn't the one that got the big cast on third and eighteen, and maybe that's. I think maybe Jordan Robinson might have been too worried about that tight end, and that's why he's open. Like you know, so I can't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not getting all the way there. Texture. Not sure. I understand how player injury gives a team a free timeout. Washington versus Texas. Is this college only rule? Didn't that happen in the Alabama game too? Aren't opposing teams just encouraged to cause an injury in order to gain a free timeout? Why can't they wind the clock when the injury is off the field? Texas was given a free thirty seconds or more on that final drive. Yeah, I'm not sure the specific. It's weird. Sometimes they. Um... They will. So if the player goes down and the clock's running and it and you have the ball, then you have to burn a timeout to avoid a runoff. Um, but if the like in the Alabama game, the guy was out of bounds um, when so he started cramping. Stuff. Yeah. So well, and also the clock didn't matter either. It's in overtime. But um, yeah, I, I think it has to it has to deal with where they go down and all that sort of deal. 
We'll end on this text. Perfect way to end our first show of 2024. You know who would have snapped this ball perfectly in this scenario? Mr. All-American himself, TJ Walker. Absolutely right, I would have. Snapping a football, not hard. Uh, There's a couple texts we didn't get to. We'll get to those tomorrow, we promise. We'll be back at it again at 7 a.m. for a Wacky Wednesday edition of Kentucky Roll Call. Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us again in this year. If you're a longtime listener, we appreciate you. If you're new, 2024 is going to be a fun year. This this is like our anniversary of the show, too, right? Like eight years? Yeah, actually. We did it. No, six years. This is KRC. Happy six years to us. Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rush, Justin Kalen. We're the best. Happy New Year.